position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will be my That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Maximum greets, game fans. Oh yeah! This is episode number 403 of the Bad Games Podcast! Motherfuckers! Being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 16th of July, 2022. Ah, crack engineer Iowa Marlena over there in the booth looking at me very nervously. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not gonna... Throwing up the whiskey sign, it's a good idea, Ivor. Thank you, Ivor. I'm not... Wait, what, what are you afraid of, man? Like, okay, he's flinching right now. I'm not even... He's in the booth. Like, he, I, I'm motioning at him. Okay. Okay, bro. Bro. God damn it, Ivor. That was a good idea. Just like I think uh, your idea for this week's show is an equally good idea. Why are you flinching? It's a good idea. We have something special for you this week. We have an interactive adventure game. Actually, it's not even an interactive. You will not be interacting. I will be interacting with your mind. Right, Ivor? That's what we... He's in the fetal position. Ivor! Anyway, you'll see when we get to it in a few brief moments. This is going to be a more abstract kind of expressionist episode. Did I mention that it's being recorded for uh, uh, 16th of July, 2022? That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends 2022 um, at 7 o'clock. PM left coast, Pacific Coast, coast the most. Um, let's see what's what's on the rundown. Oh yeah, Ivor, you're fucking fired. The last time you stick me with this kind of shit when I'm losing my voice. Anyway, you're fired. Get the f- All right. So, uh, dear listeners, uh, you're not aware of this, but we have 
Um, you hear this? That is the emergency Ivor termination button. It's a big red candy like button that I sometimes, even when I'm not recording this podcast, I masturbate thinking about pressing. But that sound was me flipping the safety off. When I press this button, Ivor's booth is filled with 3,000 degrees Celsius plasma-based fire. That's what those grates are for, Ivor. Oh, he's hiding underneath the fucking... Oh, Oh, it's so sad! Don't make me see if it works again! We tried it when I first had it installed. We tried it... There! It's it's closed, Ivor! You're fired, though! We first tried it on his cat. And we thought that it didn't work because the cat wasn't there anymore, but then there were all these cats and hats and all up and down the hillside here in Vegas. I'm losing my voice and yeah, this this theatrical yelling is not helping us. So straight to our top stories then my friends and neighbors my courageous friends and neighbors uh, everything following our top stories is going to be well, how did you put it Ivor? yeah a little fucking weird it's going to be another one of those uh, theater of the mind episodes where, but this time we're not even going to really talk about any of the games so before we get to that in our top stories a game that I missed so if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time you know that, I, I know my voice sounds like shit, I'm sorry, I can't help it um the show must go on uh, I, I seriously though apologize because I, oh god you think it sounds horrible to hear it's actually just horrible to hear yeah um, if you've been quote unquote a fan of this show <laughs> if you've listened to any of the episodes over the last 8 years then you know that one of my favorite games that we've ever covered was a game called uh Hyperspace Dogfights, which was a side-scrolling, two-dimensional, procedurally generated, wave-based, roguelite space shooter in the lower regions of upper atmosphere down to the surface of planets and uh, with huge bosses and it was very much a skills based game and they added so much to it, it was such a great game, how many hours Ivor, how many hours Ivor, you're fired I have logged 117 hours in hyperspace dogfights, it's one of my favorite games in fact, one of the reasons why I don't play hyperspace dogfights continuously all the time anymore is my carp I developed carpal tunnel well I eventually my carpal tunnel began to fully express itself and that game is definitely a mouse even though they added support for gamepad it's such a precision game that you really kind of need the mouse and keyboard it was a brilliant game though it was developed by a very small team I missed they launched a spiritual sequel hyperspace dogfights that I completely missed, totally missed dropped the ball on it whizzed by me came out January 18th of this year it is called Red Tether and I found this tonight's Saturday I normally prepare the show on I start preparing the show on Wednesday, then Thursday is like when you know, we lock in Ivor and I, well, I lock in we have a, you know, conference call cause he's in Gitmo right now um yeah Mm. he keeps raping terrorists I do not understand Ivor Molina and I don't know what actual aspect of his skill set 
uh, this show requires Hence's constant state of unemployment! <coughs> oh, man. My voice is going fast. This is not helping us. But, Red Tether came out January 18th, 2022. It is zero gravity. But the idea... that uh, This game does not have gamepad support, so I can't really play it. But, uh, oh yeah, I was saying, like, how on, like, yeah, so Wednesday I start formulating the show. Thursday, Ivor and I have, like, a, you know, very in-depth conference call, video chat. Um, then he flies back here from Gitmo when he's done raping the terrorists. I, do not ask me. I don't know. It's his deal. It's, you know, I'm not the Supreme Court here. I'm not here to take away Ivor's rights. I'm not here to take away your rights. I don't care what Ivor does on his time off. And luckily, he has so much more time off forever. But then Friday, more games drop. And generally speaking, we're supposed to record the show on Friday night. Hasn't happened in a long time. I think like two weeks ago was like probably, or last week or whatever was the first time we've been on time on Friday night in a long time. Anyway. Man, we're not going to have any time for any of the games, are we? Or for my expressionist audio fucking theater of the mind piece. God damn it. Bottom line is this. I found Red Tether on Thursday night. And I realized that this game had to have been made. It has to have been made by the same people who fucking made Hyperspace dogfights I think of course I've done no research on that because you know um, that's supposed to be Ivor's thing after we have that conference you see it's all coming together now right yeah no it is the same company but that's just based I mean I just fact checked that and that's Ivor's job well it was his job he's never done his job and that's why he's fired so one of my favorite games had a sequel that I completely missed. That is a testament to how great Steam's uh, oh, what do you like to play? Uh, what do you like to buy? Algorithm works. It is really very, very bad. It's better now than it was four years ago. I'm talking about Steam's you know, blah. I spent over 120 hours in the game that was made by this fucking developer, and I only randomly accidentally found the spiritual sequel by the same developer. Same play style, same mechanics, better graphics, deeper, crazier gameplay. Only on accident. Fucking on Thursday. I mean, what the fuck? Red Tether which I'm not going to be able to play as much as Hyperspace Dogfights, which is sad because it has the same uh, silky well, not necessarily silky smooth, it's got tight tight controls and very interesting mechanics, in Red Tether you basically play asteroids, you're in zero G you have one rear thruster and you have a tether and you can tether two objects to each other by a, you know, you attach tether to the first one then you attach it another tether to the second and those become one tether and it pulls those objects towards each other also you can use your tether in an alternate mode with again you know if you only tethered one thing you can drag it you can like tow it and use it as like a projectile or you can use uh, the other objects, like, these are generally ships or whatever, but uh, you can use them as slingshots, and it depends on the orientation of your craft. It's very much in the same vein as hyper light dr- uh, hyperspace dogfights. I love that fucking game, and I can't believe I missed Red Tether. Red Tether, which has the worst title, because it's actually hyphen, 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 red, hyphen, 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 tether, hyphen, hyphen, uh, close pointy brackets, close angle brackets, so it looks like a giant, you know, grappling hook. 
it's a terrible way to name your games, dude. Maybe that's why it evaded. I mean, it's been fucking eight. It's been seven months, six months since this game came out. And I find it randomly. Steam just suggesting all this endless porn to me. Because soon we will have our annual, semi-annual porno game festival. But anyway, Red Tether, developed by Sleeper Games. We've not played it. I played ten minutes of it. It works. And it's very interesting, but whatever. Also... Before we get to our bizarre feature, which is like a smash-up of our new and noteworthies. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't, I don't know. We'll just call this a show right now. We'll get the case, Gregor. We'll get the fucking case. 20 minutes till dawn. Uh, just pushed an update uh, either today or yesterday. They had a new weapon. Uh, they had a new character last week. I still cannot beat Darkness level 14 with the character that I want to beat it with. And it is beginning to... It's gone beyond a, an obsession now. Like I, I've been spending like ooh, two hours stoned every fucking day trying to beat this motherfucker. I cannot do it. Cannot do it, Captain. The game, I've also found some flaws in the way the engine times things. I'm not sure if they're intentional or if they're just accidental and they are just brutally fucking with me. I think it's actually with the, I think it's the way that they have decided to synchronize things with like the Unity basic play clock certain things run on different calibers of numbers of ticks or cycles or whatever you want to call them within the game I don't think it's a unity problem I think it's the way that they developed the game but it is starting to drive me fucking mad and I I can't stop playing it I, I seriously I bring this up because I was live streaming it last night. I was playing Endless Mode while getting high before I passed out. And uh old friend of the show and frequent beggar of video games, Lycanthrope, who, like, literally, in all fairness, he only asks for games that are, like, he never... Well, sometimes he... he yeah, he's, he begs. It's okay. But that's because it, he lives in a country where, like, a $20 game is, like, a $70 game. In terms of after the conversion, you know, currency conversion. And so it's like, oh yeah, fine. For games like this, he took like one look at this game and was like, oh my god, this game is so cool! I'm like, oh yeah, you haven't been playing fuck, because I forgot because I was high. You haven't been playing 20 minutes till dawn? Like, I could like sense the frustration in his text message, in his text reply back in the chat room. I'm like, fuck, no! Do you ever fucking... I've known you years! Fuck! You understand? But that turned out to be a misunderstanding. Anyway, I bought it for him. Uh, But I was impressed that he... Because it's like, you know, it's always good to get a little bit of feedback on a game. I love 20 Minutes Till Dawn. It's a great game. It is $3. He thought it was 20 bucks In in USD. And it does not matter. But that was a funny thing that happened this morning uh, on the way to the forum, and I was stoned, and I was drunk, and then I went to sleep. Which I'm going to do now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I will base them with a new and noteworthy and then get the fuck out of my sight, you fucking filthy scumbag. It's the last time uh, before you do that, Ivor. Don't, don't fucking... I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Literally, if you ever do that again... Yeah, cool. You didn't do it this time, did you? Good, okay, cool. So yeah, but if you ever fucking fade me out and just bounce straight to the bumper and pretend like, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah... Alright, so now, hit him with the new and noteworthy Ivor. Okay, so the new and noteworthy this week. 
crack engine engineer Ivor Molina is really on the ball this week. Um, we have some interesting new and noteworthies for you. The second one we're not going to talk. Well, fuck it. We'll we'll talk about it here, I guess. But first one, the first new and noteworthy that we need to talk about is called Loop Manser. L o o p m a n c e r. Loop. Manser, all one word, 10% off now through July 20th. Uh, it's $22.49. It is a really, really gorgeous, very talky, but you can skip the dialogue stuff, which some people say like the voice acting is absolutely horrible. I think the voice acting is absolutely competent, but it's a side scrolling platformer. Uh, action shooter detective game set in a cyberpunk futuristic uh, hybrid of uh, uh, Chinese and American culture um, where you're trying to you're trying to you keep dying and you keep coming back and you keep only the clues and stuff that you've discovered in your previous runs, only the intel, um, and the, and some some of the permanent un- unlocks. Game has got a lot of complicated um, mechanics for a roguelite. I'm talking about like in terms of like just like the basic roguelite mechanics. They're multi layered in this. Like it's difficult to figure out like when you actually permanently unlock a weapon, but. The graphics are so good, and this is a side-scrolling pseudo-platformer. It's like Dead Cells meets another game, which will be our feature this week. But what really is weirding me out, so when I wanted to make sure, because earlier this week I was absolutely shit hammered broke. And so I I, I spent very and then finally I got I got paid. Um but I was like spending very carefully. I wasn't buying as many impulse games or even games that were on sale as I normally do. And so I ended up reading a lot of the reviews for Loop Mancer before I bought it. I got it on the day it came out. And there are a lot of negative reviews. But I was like, you know what? This game looks so fucking good and it sounds so totally like a game that I... So I bought it and I started playing it. I'm only, I'm only like two hours into it. It is really fucking cool. I don't know why all these people like really hate the dialogue. The dialogue does get in the way. Like, what, cause, like every time you die, you have to like either start from your apartment again or start from like the beginning of that level. But it's a new loop. It's a new attempt. So, like, there are consequences, you know, there's, like, seven different endings. It's got this unbelievable graphic, unbelievable graphics for a side-scrolling platform. And uh, all these cool weapons you can attack with, like, a gun, uh, which you can, you know, swap out for other guns. Like, you can have a shotgun or a pistol or, like, all these other, you know, fucking variants in between. Uh, you, you can use your robotic arm as your melee attack, or you can get, like, a fucking sword, you can get a fire axe, you can get all this shit, and you can unlock these things permanently, etc., 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 using credits by killing enemies, blah, 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 blah. And then you die, and you start again. And you lose all your credits that you haven't spent. But it's, like, very confusing. I thought, like, the characters were kind of cool, and I think the story is actually kind of neat. And the fact that you can skip anything that you like you've been through before pretty quickly, along with these fuck. I mean, you're so powerful, like you're crazy. You're cutting people in half. It's a side-scrolling run and jumper. I really like it, and I like that it's like Dead Cells, but in a cyberpunk kind. You have a grappling hook, cyberpunk futuristic. Semi-China, semi-America, Chinese-American, dominant Chinese culture, kind of. It's really cool. It's and I think like some of the cultural things in it are neat too. And then there's like these mysterious, you know, things, and you're trying to solve this case about you know your your dead daughter, your and your wife. What's up with dead wife and kids? Shit, God. I guess we're not gonna do our fucking 
theater of the mind thing. But anyway, that's Loop Mancer, and Loop Mancer is uh, $22.50, more or less. And that brings us to. Ah, oh, fuck it, we're not going to do it. That brings us to Kenneth Toilet Hole. The Ballad of Kenneth Toilet Hole. The Blade Runneth Over. The Final Chronicles. Remastered. Remastered, blasted. Up your bunghole. Sideways. The technical explosion that you've been waiting for has arrived. So, that brings us, of course, to Toilet Chronicles. Toilet Chronicles is a um, heartbreaking Bergman-esque introspection into the fundamental conflict between the basis of the ontological problem of humanity. You know, who am I? What am I doing here? Is there a God? Are there morals? Versus um, one's own emotional needs and how those two things interrelate against a complex tapestry of moral, introspective um, character-driven interactions that are punctuated by long, brief uh, silences that are as reflective to the viewer as to the character, as to the player, as to the character itself. I'm fucking with you. Toilet Chronicles is a ridiculous, incredibly short one hour, like, I think it's like as long as I can imagine this game. I've only beaten it, I've only gotten one ending. There are 12 endings. Toilet Chronicles play is a first person game. I don't even know if you can call it an adventure game because it's, takes place in a public restroom in Boston and it's I don't know it's kind of like what I would imagine like I, I I've never been to an escape room it's not it does not sound like my kind of thing because I hate puzzles and I really hate puzzles if they're timed. I'm talking about like a real life escape room. We have them all over town here in Vegas. Even before COVID, they were a big thing, and now they're an even bigger thing after COVID. Like, everyone has an escape room here. Like, an escape room experience. Ultimate escape room challenge. I'd rather go play fucking laser tag, and I love laser tag. Do not get me wrong. I think, like, it'd be kind of fun, but, like, I'm everyone who I know who's been to an escape room like yeah it's timed and like they try to make it either intense or it's boring it just sounds like every possible way you could fuck up a video game well Toilet Chronicles is actually really good and it's five dollars and it is called Toilet Chronicles and it runs on Linux so we have to cover we are legally obligated in that right Ivar Toilet Chronicles uh, let me correct that in the show notes. Good job, Ivor, on the copy. Uh, yeah, good copywriting. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever thought of... I can't donate your brain to science, but maybe you could donate it to, like, aspiring home lobotomists such as myself. I mean, you're here now. I can help you. I have an ice pick. Can't do you any harm. Unblock those chakras and mash up them frontal lobes. Isn't that right, Ivor? Oh, yes, Ivor. So, Toilet Chronicles, I'm sorry, everything I just said was a lie. Toilet Chronicles is a first person pseudo adventure game. Very much, it's very fast paced, but it's very much in the style of Deja Vu. There are 12 different endings. It's what you do, de- what you do, do, do if you do the doo-doo, which is what you're there to do-do. You're there to do your duty. It's it's a game all about duty. 
What? What's so funny? I said duty. I'm here to do my duty. And if you don't do what you're there to do, do if you don't do your duty in the Toilet Chronicles fast enough, then you'll get probably like me ending number six, which I'm not going to tell you about. But anyway, bottom line is this. You're, uh, there's one major critique I have so far. I played like uh, Toilet Chronicles for like 10 minutes because it too does not support. God, I, yeah, exactly. 10 minutes. It too does not support Gamepad, but it's okay. In, in, in Toilet Chronicles, it's more defensible. It's about sacrifice, honor. Toilet Chronicles is really all about duty. Why do you keep laughing when I say that? Um, that's a bad, bad, bad uh, Venture Brothers reference. But anyway, more whiskey. My major critique about Toilet Chronicles, for $5, you cannot get a more interesting full 3D first-person game that's set in one room. And there's lots of interesting shit that happens in this one room. And it happens very quickly. So it's not pedestrian. There is, like, a time limit. There's no timer, though. Eventually, like, you, you'll be aware of when you're fucking up and you're about to die and, like, you need to do something, and so you'll start panicking, maybe a little bit, if you care. Otherwise, you'll just be laughing so hard, especially if you're high. I recommend that you be high, because when you're high, you are more likely to do your duty without pause or hesitation. It's just a necessity that you that you do your duty. If you don't do do, don't do do what. If you don't do do what you're there to do, then there will be consequences for failing to do your duty in the Toilet Chronicles. Yes, can we get any more infantile? No, we can't. Um, but my one critique about this game is that the opening title card says that it's 2008 and you are in a bathroom at a party. However, the bathroom that Toilet Chronicles places you in, which is the only place in the entire fucking game, is a public bathroom, like literally like a municipal public bathroom, like a train station bathroom in Boston. And... But there's lots of mysteries and stuff even inside of this bathroom. Because eventually, like, you'll get into the stall, obviously. I mean, if you choose to. And, uh, then you can press C to cry when you're on the toilet. I'm not, I, I'm not making that up. Press C again to stop crying. Eventually a hand might come out from underneath the adjacent stall. Yo, bro, hook me up with some fucking toilet paper. There's eight shit in here. And if you're nice, you can drop him. And then, then you start getting all these weird notes on toilet paper. And there's weird graffiti. And it's, it's kind of scary, but it's so funny and so bizarre. It's like the old game Deja Vu. But instead of it being like, you know, point and click kind of, it is a point and clicker more or less, but it's in first person shooter 3D space Only if they ever make a VR version of this game and try to charge more for it I will find them and I will kill them Toilet Chronicles the VR edition Toilet Chronicles is $5 I'm not going to tell you anything else other than you can cry on the toilet (laughs) and you should pay attention to the uh, advertisements before you hit the stall. The kids in the stall, that's what we'll call it. But anyway, bottom line is Kenneth Toilet Hall. Yo, bro! My name's Kenneth too! Uh Kenneth uh, Toilet Hall! I'm beginning to suspect that I have bad luck. 30 Rock reference. There you go.
Now, on to our final feature. Hopefully we'll make it, like, short, about 10 minutes. By the way, I do recommend Toilet Chronicles, even though I've only spent 10 minutes in it. If you got five bucks to burn, and you want to do this, it's very funny. It's also so fucking weird. It's obviously, like, someone's experimental video game, but a lot of it, there's the amount of detail, and it's, like, actually a sort of bizarre psychotic, obsessive degree of... they polished their... what they've done here, what, what what they do do. What they do do with Toilet Chronicles. They've done their duty. That's all I gotta say. Mm. There's a perverse element of, uh, like, what do you call it? Obsessive-compulsive polish and weirdness and fucking hilarious bullshit. It's in this very short, tiny little game. Uh, five bucks. Whatever. I, I'm sure I'll review it. If I ever beat it. But don't... When you're doing the Toilet Chronicles, don't beat it. You don't want to be in a public restroom and beat it. You don't want to beat... Don't beat it at the public restroom. But yeah, what party has a bathroom that's in like a subway station or a bus stop. It doesn't make any sense. But other than that, glaring contradiction, I think it's a game you might want to play. It's one of the only times I've laughed and like, oh, I don't know. People seem to people seem to laugh more back then. Ho, ho, ho. Tee. Yo, bro, it's get a toilet hall. Get us out of this. Oh, wait, that's right. He say you braid runner. Who do you think? Oh, my God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! So, our feature this week is of a game that I just got an hour and a half ago but which I've talked about on this show so many times one of the best games and one of the buggiest games to come out in I think it was like 1996 for like that first that that second ish generation of Windows 95 driven PC games which were on CD-ROM and which had autoplay and there's all these problems one of the buggiest and most ambitious and most incredible games that I've ever played with bugs and all was a game that they simply called Blade Runner and the genius of Blade Runner was that it combined very at the incredibly buggy and constantly corrupted your saves and all of that shit I'm sure is still faithfully preserved in our our feature this week but it is Blade Runner enhanced edition they did a little bit of a cleanup on it it runs great on Linux and I played through you know I got to the first crime scene and I almost cried because I couldn't believe that I was that they finally did that the world, the universe finally did something that I really, really wanted it to do for me, for you, for everybody. It doesn't look, you know, it's not the best looking game in the world. It's a, it's more or less an inventory based point and clicker, but with combat and where you make the decisions and you don't just decide like in the dialogue trees and stuff and by the way ostensibly all of the other characters all the mocap characters there's like 70 of them there's like there's endless numbers of endings if you don't die but more than likely before you die or fail you will get a corrupt save game but it was so good that I kept going back because it also had combat in it and so like here's the ethos of Blade Runner 
the game which is still true in the enhanced edition which I can't believe how good this they've made this look by the way they didn't do like a ton of surgery on it but it looks great for being fucking what 25 fucking years old one of the best adventure games ever made serious adventure games not Sam and Max not Curse of Monkey Island not you know not uh, King's Quest not um, Space Quest Blade Runner what there's never been a game actually go back and listen to every episode of this podcast over the last 8 years and there'll be a couple of episodes where I will bring up at length Blade Runner this game in relation to another game and those games are always like the best games because Blade Runner you don't play you don't play as Deckard but you play in that same universe with a lot of the same characters like uh, from the original movie and a lot of the characters it's a detective game but it's not a detective game where uh, everything is like static like all the suspects actually have this very primitive kind of AI and you can even select like what type of uh, personality you want your detective to have but I like to do user selected so like you actually get to do like you know dialogue trees and stuff like you can like refine you get more of a bit of refinement voice acting is really good it has William Sanderson in it they got William Sanderson to do the I'm J.S. Sebastian um members of the camp who is the stranger who comes before you so broken and dissolute you're me afraid for his eye Evie Farnham uh, I love William Sanderson but Blade Runner was a real experiment in games driven uh, limits of free capacity the, the, the limits of at the time what the illusion the, to the, how far could we take the illusion of free will how far can we take this premise and it was so faithful to the fucking movie. Like, in terms of, like, it's it doesn't follow the same plot, but it's the same premise. You are a Blade Runner. You can draw your weapon and kill whoever the fuck you want. You know, like, it will end your career. Um, You can do void comp tests in this game. You can do the photo analysis in this game. It plays with all the same themes. What it what does it mean to be a human being? What does it mean to be a robot? Is it possible? Are humans actually just our intelligence? Because I mean, if if our memories don't matter, then who are we? And if our and our memories do matter to us, but like, what if we find out that our memories? Are just as synthetic. What if we find out that we are robots? And so, what if they're slave catching robots going after other robots? Where who is more human, who is less human? What's right and what's wrong? And what does it really mean? in a world where you can I mean, because like, you know Philip K. Dick was a genius but like, I mean, seriously the, the the big problem for human beings is, especially now that we're staring down the barrel of AI which, don't worry, if it goes wrong you won't even know it you'll have a cough, there'll be some blood you'll scratch your skin and then you'll die because you'll be being harvested and they will have already seeded factories in your lungs and all around you and you know everything gets turned into computronium and then gets manufactured into paper clips but anyway for more on that I highly recommend you go and buy um, our final invention if you want to go even deeper 
the the number one best book on artificial intelligence that I've ever read, like from a real scholarly computer science perspective, is called Super Intelligence. And it's not that old. It's like only like maybe 10 years old, but I read it when it first came out. That book is fucking crazy. Um, and we've surpassed and met most of everything in Super Intelligence by now. Um... But our final invention is like the Reader's Digest kind of... It's not... That's an insult. Because that it's a very well-researched book, and he does a lot of great interviews, and he breaks down the problem of what you know, an intelligence explosion, what a runaway, artificial, superhuman intelligence... The problems with that. You never know if it's real or not. That's a problem. And all of these issues, I mean, if you like Blade Runner the movie, or if you like, you know, the book, Do Henry's Dream of Electric Sheep, the game plays with all of those things, and you can draw your gun. There is combat. There's, like, you know, minor combat, but, like, you have to go to the range and stuff, and you get to use all the cool shit that was, like, in the movie, and it plays with all of those same themes in a basically a two-dimensional side-scrolling adventure game, more or less, you know, pseudo two two D. It's it's more like space the final space quest game where like anyway, it's a point and clicker, more or less. But it, it's really about detection, and it's really about being a Blade Runner. It was the most one of the most ambitious games I've ever played in my entire life. I'm sure that all the corrupted saves and all of the bugs and all the crashes have probably not been cleaned up. Because I think a lot of it had to do with the game had to keep track of so many different fucking states. Because like most of the NPCs or are they NPCs? Had this crude form of artificial intelligence that they made for the game. And so people are trying to conceal things from you. It's very difficult to figure out. And every time I got like, ooh, where I knew who I wanted to go after, you know, like 10 hours, 15, 20. This is back when you used to play a game for a long time. Bam! I I, I go, okay, fine. I think I know who it is. I'm going to save. I'm going to go to bed. Because I was like 16. Wake up the next day, corrupt save game. You're fucked. Or, like, I would finally get, like, a successful role. It doesn't show you the roles. But this was something that I'm just into. I'm just intuiting this and extrapolating it from my own memories of me playing the game, which I, I spent ten minutes in it today. I was so excited I knew this was going to be our feature, though. Because Blade Runner, for all of its faults and its bugginess, is one of the most amazingly is it, first I think it's it's it was so ambitious but they almost landed it and it's so ambitious so off the charts ambitious for the time I mean you have everything going against you, you have movie franchise you have fucking unbelievably rabid fanboys of this super hyper popular movie franchise we're gonna try to break all boundaries of what it means to have the sense of free will in a video game we're going to implement AI controlled characters who will try to deceive you we're going to give you the power in an adventure game to actually conduct your own investigation to go where you think the clues lead you maybe to go deeper maybe to go deeper into dead ends which made it another reason why (laughs) oh my god it was so fucking cool and even with all the bugs all the game crashes all the corrupted saves finally you get like by the way you can finish my last thought when i don't know that's never happened where uh (laughs) finally you would get like a role that like registered as a success. I don't know if like the game rolls dice or what. But at like a certain 
degree in a dialogue tree, a certain level of a dialogue tree, and you would finally get them to crack, and it would say, like, you know, success, but it wouldn't say, like, they're gonna crack, they're just gonna tell you more shit. But, like, really important shit. <laughs> and they get halfway through the speech, and, like, you know, either your fucking window system runs out of memory, you know, fucking memory leak just eats up everything, oh, god, blue screen. Oh, this game was famous for that. They made it look pretty again. And by the way, back in the day, this game was one of the best looking games out there. Only System Shock, the original System Shock, which was a first person role playing fucking intense. It was the first corner ween video game ever. Um, yeah. Blade Runner. And now they have it out as an enhanced edition, and it runs great on Linux. It's $9.99. I am sure that we will review it again. I mean, this is not... What am I saying? I'm sure... I'm sure that eventually we will review it again. What am I saying? It's a pity she won't live. Then again, who does... Oh man, it's so cool. And it has all this cool cinema that's like from the movies. It has like the whole soundtrack from the movies. It's got like all these voice actors from the movie. And this is long before there was a sequel. It is a perfect time. And for the record, I'll leave you with this. It is published or wait, hang on. Thank you, Ivor, you're fired. Yeah, it is published by Night Dive Studios as like a which I guess is like now a department of what used to be Westwood Studios I don't know maybe Nighttime Studios now and it's published by Nighttime Studios and for the record Nighttime Studios have never ever 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 put out anything for Steam that was anything at all resembling any good that I can recall it's normally like the kiss of death. And they but then again, they also just have a t- Oh wait, no, they did Noctropolis, I think. They they did Noctropolis, but they didn't remaster it. This and this is not remastered, it's enhanced. It's meant to run. And this might be the best and most ambitious thing that Nighttime Studios has ever published. Cause it I mean it didn't crash. I got to the first crime scene. I control my character. And the voice acting is great. It was so far ahead of its time. And most people don't even... Most people don't realize what um, an incredible... Even though it was a total failure. This game was a total failure. It was so crashy and so buggy. But then again, so was Fallout 2 when I first got it. And it took five years before you the internet came around and you could get a patch and they put out a patch and they folded up that company and Fallout 2 is I, I've said it before and I, I will be reevaluating it, the next book I put out will have a reevaluation um, of what is the best game of all time but for over 23 years since I put out that fucking book uh, yeah, 20 years? Yeah, 20 years since I put out Blue Wizard is About to Die and put in the Hall of Fame. For, and I've stood by it, and not just because I need to stand by what I say, but because I have it. There, there's now some competition. After 20 years, there's some competition for Fallout 2 as being the greatest game of all time. But when that game came out, it was just as bad, if not it actually was way worse than Blade Runner. But Blade Runner was so much more ambitious. So, if you want a blast from the past, or if you if you just really like the Blade Runner universe, I'm gonna say that you want to check out Blade Runner Enhanced Edition. If I can log 20 hours in it, you know, the next couple weeks, or if I can beat it, I will have a full report and a complete comprehensive review. But till then, Kenneth Toilet Hole says, "Stay pink, soft, and oily." Make sure to scan them QR codes. 
And remember, kids, don't ever leave until you've done your duty. Cheers, I'll catch you next week. That This is an incredibly infantile and pointless episode. Hey, Ivor! Ivor's giving me the thumbs up. I agree. Total success! Cheers, we'll catch you next week. And if you go, oh, wait, uh, what, that's the other thing. If you got to play, if you're like a thousand years old like I am, and you remember playing Blade Runner on the PC and have memories of it, jump in our Discord or hit me up directly on the DM on Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Because I swear to God, I've met one person ever in my life who ever spent as much time with Blade. Because everyone was like, oh my god, this game is, it was a massively expensive game at the time. And it was totally fucked. Uh, Even if you had the best hardware in the world, it was just so fucked up. Game was too complicated. Um, (coughs) And the code was just, it was too ambitious. It was too much too many possible combinations, I think too many safe states of individual artificial intelligence entities and too many, because like, things per, they don't persist, persist but like, when you leave a scene it's not like it's not like that scene goes away, you know what I mean? It's I'm not talking about like, like a memory leak, I'm talking about like it, it, that scene you can go back to it and you know, if they say they're going to clean it up, they'll be cleaning it up or they say that it's been clean. Oh, that's you know, closed case. You know, blah blah blah. And so all of the characters who are involved with that, like actual physical location or that scene or the people in that scene, all of their safe states and their AI, you know, inside of their AIs change. And I think that like that that's a program programmatically for the time. That is an wow. It's a mind-blowing challenge. And so it would and then and then there were just basic memory leaks, bad programming. It was way, way, way too ambitious. But I played the shit out of that game and I loved it. Not just because I like Blade Runner, but because this game this game really gave you especially for the time, an expansive sense of free will. Like, unlike any other game that I've ever played before since, although Indiana Jones, um, the one that wasn't Fate of Atlantis, the one that was in 3D, that game was incredibly difficult and also very buggy. Uh, But it, it gave you a lot of different paths and stuff. Blade Runner doesn't really conceal any of its paths. It's like a it's a luxury of them choosing that universe and that franchise to build a game around. And yeah, if you like cyberpunk shit, you'll like it. Alright, cool. That's it. That's it for this week's show. My voice is gone. Cheers. Thanks for listening. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. 
BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. 